Welcome to Clickbait, everybody. It is me, Natasha, and Tia. We are missing our Joe today from Clickbait. We have Cam Ayala coming to the podcast. I don't know if you guys saw, but he recently underwent a medical procedure that was very serious, and we have him here to talk about it, and I'm so excited to get into all the things. Also, there were some engagement anniversaries that happened this weekend. Our own Joe, I can't even believe he's not even here, so we're going to talk about him, and he's going to love it, you know, (laughs) of course. (laughs) Um, But also Kenny, Mari, Hannah, Dylan, so excited for all that. We're going to get into that. Also, Michelle and Nate, we are talking about them again. They are back in our Bachelor Nation news. Someone in Bachelor Nation comes out as well, a part of the LGBTQ community, and we are going to get into it. So, also, I went to a fabulous wedding this weekend, and of course, we're going to talk about that. Yeah, so... Tia, let's get right into it. Oh, wait, the clickbait. The clickbait is very interesting. I don't agree with it, not even a little bit, but we can talk about it. We're talking about if you should get out of the friend zone with a friend and date them. So I'm excited to hear what you think about that. Um, but yeah, Bachelor Nation. First of all, let's go. where is Joe? Where is Joe? Uh, Joe is unavailable. <laughs> I'm yeah, like, this ca- man is never hanging he out called with us me, anymore. He called me and said, I'm going to be unavailable. I said, oh, okay. What's and her he's name? A part I of the said, breakdown what? today. Okay. I, fine. I said, what's her name? Serena. <laughs> <laughs> Serena right, got anyway. him tied up, honey. <laughs> Shoot. Oh, wait, maybe he's doing some redecorating today. I don't know. No, they're celebrating their honeymoon. I mean, no, oh, look at me. Honeymoon. Their, honeymoon. their anniversary. <laughs> they're married. Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. No, no. They're <laughs> celebrating their anniversary somewhere. I think that's what oh, they're doing. I think they went mm. somewhere. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm behind. I don't see anyone's post. I don't know what anybody's doing. But mm-hmm. if you guys also don't see anyone's post, we have a little breakdown for you. So <laughs> first one, lots of anniversaries. Yeah, so Hannah and Dylan celebrated three years. Kenny and Mari one year. Joe and Serena one year. All got engaged in paradise on their respective seasons. So sweet. So cute. We love when a couple makes it. I know, right? (laughs) But even if you're like, do people celebrate like boyfriend and girlfriend one year? I feel like they do, right? Because like Noah and Abigail are still together, even though, I mean, they had a little stint of breakup. Oh, yeah, that's true. They're still together. Becca and Thomas, they're engaged now. I mean, it was one year for them too. These are all engagement anniversaries, not just boyfriend and girlfriend. These are all engagement anniversaries. Yeah. Um, I actually have never celebrated a one year boyfriend and girlfriend though, personally. So I don't know. Is that a thing? Like, do people I think do that? I have. It's been a while since I've made it to a year. Me and Taylor are almost <laughs> at one year, and we've got a baby on the way. So I guess we'll celebrate. <laughs> exactly. Y'all gonna be y'all gonna be saying happy happy anniversary, happy baby, happy wedding, happy I know, all I guess, of it. <laughs> I guess once you get engaged, then you celebrate that anniversary, and not not as much your boyfriend girlfriend anniversary and then when you get Mm -hmm. married you celebrate that there's just a whole lot of anniversaries we try to remember every month i think it's on he's gonna listen to this and be so mad i think it's on the 22nd Mm -hmm. of every month july 22nd i think will be a year oh see that's so nice july 22nd so i will say this um dylan he said everyone needs to get them a hannah that was so cute her video is sweet too it's got some of the old footage i feel like they've been together forever it's so they are not married is that right no but i think they're trying to plan their wedding they're just taking their time they live together right they have a place together have a house Mm -hmm. and it's like if covid didn't happen oh yeah 
probably could have happened way before now. Right. Yeah, that's rough. That long engagement during COVID. Same thing happened with JoJo and Jordan. That long engagement because COVID was right in the middle. Mm. But yes. Yeah, I think I remember her posting something not long ago about, you know, we're not in any rush. That happens next year. It happens. Yeah, I wish Joe was here because I wonder if it feels like a year. Like when you say a year, 12 months, that sounds like a long time. But really, in hindsight, like a year really isn't that no. long. Like we weren't on that beach. We were on that beach a year a ago. A year Tia. ago. Yeah. Like it so doesn't feel like that to me. In a year. <laughs> yeah. It no, does. It seems like it flew by. But I mean, so much happened. So much happened. I mean, you're literally pregnant and engaged right now. <laughs> right. And I literally was dragging my damn suitcase off that beach a year ago today. Uh, what a oh, difference a day makes. God, thank God for some growth, you know? Yes. Amen. Mm-hmm. Well, congrats yeah. to all these couples. We're proud yes. Of and also, Kenny it. and Mari, I mean, they are just stunning. They it's, are just. Yeah. Like all her pageant stuff that she's posted, I'm like, are you real? No. Are you a real person? No. No. She's not. She's not. Mm-mm. No. I think it's going to come out and they're going to be like, Mari is perfection. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. She's absolutely stunning. Yeah, yeah. They're so fun. Yeah. 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 So, yay. Um, Hopefully, we're going to be talking about maybe in a year's time, we'll be talking about some weddings. Oh, maybe I these know. three people will be getting married. I hope they're <gasps> planning to. Yeah. That'll be fun. Lots of yeah. bachelor weddings. Yes. Um, yes. Okay. Congrats. Next story. Um, Michelle and Nate, a little update on them. Michelle spent some time in Iceland. Her pictures are stunning with mm. some of her girlfriends. And then Nate had to address again some of the backlash that he's been getting and straight up just had to say, no, I'm not a cheater. I'm mm. not a walking red flag. Um, I hate that mm. he is having to defend himself mm. like this. It's like people. When couples break up, especially in bachelor world, people want to look for someone to blame. Right. In the relationship. Of course. And it's like, oh, Michelle is going on a trip, you know, with her girls, this like retreat. And they're like, oh, Nate, you must have messed up. Oh, no. Yeah. Not necessarily. Well, but also it's like Michelle's just persona is just so sweet because she Mm -hmm. is. And so it's like you get the you know the bad boy thing I mean it's just it happens to men and women all the time you know if if any if any of these couples we just talked about um you know like Hannah and Dylan I mean Hannah literally is like the you know bachelor nation sweetheart Mm everybody's like Dylan what did you do if they broke up oh right (laughs) Dylan right you just kind of assume yeah Yeah, exactly so I I hate it too but at the same time um you know Nate has got a bad rap since Bachelorette. Mm -hmm. He really has. So yeah, yeah. Since it was airing, yeah. Since it was airing, he was yeah. People were giving him a hard time because he acted. He didn't act like he didn't care. He was just so chill that people were like, he just doesn't even give a shit. No, that's just kind of how he is. He's just yeah. And I can't wait till she, I don't think she has yet, but I can't wait till she does, and we can just kind of hear her side of the story, and you know, sure. Uh. I and it's almost harder. I think it would it would be so much easier if he had cheated or she had cheated or whatever. You know what I mean? Well, it's yeah. so much easier to just be like, someone. okay, exactly. But I think it's maybe even that much harder because it just, despite um, their best efforts, it just didn't work out. The you know? nosy part of me wants to know 
exactly what happened anytime anyone breaks up and it's like you know what it's none of my damn business I'm not going to divulge yeah. all my <laughs> secrets to anyone either but it's just I mean people well it's also a thing of I think there are mixed reasonings I think of when and when and how you should address when you're getting backlash um from a break up and I know Becca was like nah uh-uh y'all don't need to you don't owe them anything and I and I agree right, with that they don't but but I think if something's festering like I will address certain things you know everyone was talking about the thing that I addressed with Blake I didn't mm-hmm. have to I didn't feel obligated it was just something that I kept thinking about and I was like uh-uh I'm gonna say my piece and right. I feel like maybe that's where Nate is like I'd rather just tell everybody I didn't cheat than for everyone to just continue to think that I did. Yeah, because if that's all you're seeing in messages and it's all you're hearing about yourself, it's all you can think about and you just want to clear that up as much as you can. But yeah, yeah, Michelle and Nate, anybody that's had a breakup within Bachelor Nation, they don't owe an explanation to anybody. But sometimes it does get to a point where you're like, here's my piece. Here's what I have to say leave me alone and I think yes. Michelle's taking time off social media too yeah which is probably and, a good thing just to kind of clear her head a little bit but yeah and not see these messages probably mm-hmm. as well so um and I also because I've seen a lot of you should have pre- you should have picked Brandon messages oh I've seen a lot of that like in oh. comments and stuff and I'm like what like, like what? people wouldn't say that unless they broke up though nobody was gonna say that when they were happy that I was like rude. what so it's just to see all of that it's just a lot of energy and I'm sending both of them love because any breakup is just not easy and I know publicly I mean well I don't know because I haven't had a public breakup but I can it's, assume yeah, and I've heard from other people how hard it is so uh hearts go out to the two of them and yeah shut the haters down if y'all yeah, need to but don't feel obligated mm. Don't feel obligated. All right. Next story for today. Elizabeth Corgan comes out during Pride Week or, or Pride Month. Pride, Pride Month. Festival. Yeah. In the New day, York City. The day, yeah. The day of the um, of the parade. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we had Elizabeth on the podcast. She mm-hmm. is from Clayton's season of mm-hmm. The Bachelor. And she announced over the weekend that she is bisexual. And she yes. didn't really know how or when or the appropriate timing uh, to announce this. But she was like, you know what? Why not during the Pride Parade? So good for her for yeah. living her truth. She said people that know her already knew this. But she yeah. was just scared to kind of come out to the public. Well, yeah. And she said that anytime she told someone, she was, you know, hit with fear. But the saddest thing that was said in her message to me was um she spoke about uh like at work like you know it potentially affecting a job and I was just like oh like the fact that you have to be worried about who you decide to sleep with is going to affect your job like yeah she said it could straight up affect a business transaction and how sad that that's the world that we live in like what what it's not I've like never bringing... had to consider that I've never had to think about that well right but it's just like all but also I'm not bringing my man to my workplace and we doing whatever right. or it's you know separate. like it's a completely different thing man woman whatever you know he she they like 
it doesn't matter or it shouldn't matter at least. But that was really like, ouch, that was really, um, that was really hurtful to hear that she even felt that way. So I'm glad that she had this moment and I do, I, I want to message her. I need to message her because she's in New York and we haven't like met up officially or anything like that. We oh, had her on the podcast. she lives in New York. Yeah, she lives in New okay. York now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm really happy for her. And anytime you can, I think, get something, I guess, uh, off your chest. But mm-hmm. also, I'm also like, you know, like you said, the, the nosy person in you, the nosy person in me. I'm like, I wonder which women is sliding in her DMs now. <laughs> Ooh, good <laughs> <You> know? question. <laughs> right? Like, because... Uh, you would think because I think she's still single, right? As far as I know, yeah, yeah. I think she she she's probably still single, and so that also can open up some um, some some doors to new potential dating relationships as well. Because oh, I don't think sure. that people knew. I mean, well, like right. she said, the, the the masses didn't know. Her friends did, but so yeah. So power to her, and it's such a great time to celebrate acceptance mm-hmm. you know because I have so many friends a part of the LGBTQ community and that's the biggest thing that they all in unison speak about is how they had to accept themselves but then also right. feeling accepted by other people uh, in their life and um, and it's a celebration I, that's what I always say it's a celebration of acceptance accepting yourself accepting who you love and being proud of it so good for her There was a pride celebration in Nashville and I didn't know about it until I stumbled upon it. It was kind of close to where I go to the farmer's market. And I was like, oh my gosh, the farmer's market is bumping today. What is going on? We couldn't even pull in because it was so crowded. It was a pride festival. I'm like, what the heck? I freaking missed the whole thing. So I need to go next year or come to New York. That's, That's so cool. Pride in New York is actually the best time you see some of the most fun funny like oh it's just it's so fun and normally the weather is so hot but it is just glitter on the streets you know new york is so dirty but like during pride (laughs) it's just the next day you just it's just glitter everywhere you're like oh it's 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 amazing (laughs) i love it well shout out to elizabeth for speaking her truth i know that's hard especially being in the spotlight but we're so proud of you Um, We have a little bonus news to talk about today, and our girl Natasha was there. So Sydney Hightower from Peter's season of The Bachelor married her man, Fred Warner, a football player and a cutie, um, with her Bachelor girls by her side. Tell us everything, Natasha, all the details. You looked absolutely stunning in your yellowy gold gown. It was so pretty on you. Thank you. Um... I cannot even think about this wedding without getting emotional because I remember the first day Sydney told me about Fred. Yeah. I remember when we were on FaceTime one day and just like, you know, talking shit, just like, like completely, you know, and Fred's just in the background, like, you know, making a protein shake or whatever he was doing. You know what I mean? Like, he's just moving back. Hey, what's up? You know, and I'm like, oh, my God, Fred is there. We're talking so much shit right now. And Fred is there. <laughs> and he just didn't even she's care. Like, she's like, yeah, girl. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he cool. You know, um, and so it's just so 
beautiful, you know, they met over the pandemic and Sydney had to sacrifice a lot to, mm. you know, she's in Alabama, he's in California. It's just, it was so How much back did they and meet? forth. They met online. Oh. They met online. Yep. Okay. Um, a cousin, I'm pretty sure it was either his aunt or his cousin. It was Fred's aunt or cousin. I think it was his cousin that was watched the show and was like, this girl no is beautiful. Way. Yeah, and uh, I think you might like her, and you should message her. And so he saw her and was like, she is beautiful. Fred did not watch the show. Uh, and he messaged her, and she was like, who is this guy? Oh, <laughs> you know? my gosh. But, I love that. But the alignment, and I think that was the biggest thing that I took away from the weekend, and like just like in such a spiritual way, the alignment between Fred and Sydney is just so symmetrical. You know, the way that he was raised, the way that she was raised and everything about how they met. And like Sydney is Sydney is Sydney. Like she's so like of this little cute little firecracker. And, and Fred is just like, you know, big, strong football player. But like they are putty with each other. And it's so I'm looking at their pictures. They're so precious. I mean, and he's got a following himself. Yeah, well, I mean, he's a really good football player. I mean, I don't watch football. I don't keep up football that that much. But, like, he's a really good, I mean, I would say maybe top five linebackers, top three. I don't know. Wait, <laughs> yeah. I love the story of how they met, though. I didn't realize yeah. that. so cute. And then um, the the speeches. So, Kiera from our season, Kiki, she was the maid of honor. Oh, the yeah. venue was stunning beautiful all the flowers all the staff the food I mean every everything about it was a dream it was just it was like it was magical and just Sydney can be so like you know have so much anxiety and so like anxious about things honey she was so chill she was so happy and the way that Fred looks at her it's like you know as someone who's single it's like you want your man to look at you like that you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, they really are just so beautiful. So I was there, Jasmine from our season, Kiki, who was her maid of honor. Tammy. Uh, I saw Tammy. Tammy, Victoria Paul. Um, and I think that's it from the show. Well, yeah, I think that's catch it. Up. Uh, other people were invited but couldn't make it, if y'all know what I'm saying. So... You know, it was it was beautiful. It was magical. I'm so so happy for them. I'm so their love is so inspiring. And I hadn't been into a wedding in a while. And I think this is my first wedding. Yeah, the last wedding I went to was right literally the weekend before the world shut down. No way. Yes, that was my cousin's wedding. They have kind of ramped up again. I love Mm -hmm. weddings. I love love. Yep, yep. And also the person who officiated them, uh, this guy. No, knew Fred since he was, I don't know, uh, since he was like ten or something. Like, and I it love was just that. It's so special. It was. I mean, uh, he was just. I mean, the whole thing. It was not a moment that was not like. It was so beautiful. It was so perfect. And I yeah, it was that. fun. And then after all the cute moments, we got down. The DJ was so good. <laughs> oh, wait. They had a DJ, not a band. No. Uh, they did both, actually. They had both. Okay. They had both. But the DJ, like, I feel like at weddings, DJs just play songs. They do. Like, they just, yeah. or, like a, or like a playlist. No, mm-hmm. he was mixing. Like, okay. See, I love that. I mean, everyone's like, like, don't do a DJ, get a band. I'm like, what if the DJ's good? Yeah. Well, they, they did both. But like. 
the DJ, I, there was a mashup of like a Justin Bieber song and Return of the Mac. I said, oh, what? stop. Goodbye. No, so That's, good. I love that. I don't like the cheesy, like typical stuff. I love stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. I need to find out who this DJ is. No, he was actually really good. It was great. It was really great. So, um, yeah, we danced a lot. We at one point the all the so look then there of course you know Fred played football so there was all these fine men oh, there. Honey, I said, I oh god, what have I gotten myself? And literally, I feel like every <laughs> they single all have last, jobs. <laughs> well, not only do they all have jobs, but they all have girlfriends or wives oh, as well. <laughs> damn, <laughs> there was like three single guys there, and they all were like I think twenty two. So. Oh, of course. Oh, <laughs> so so here goes me. Uh, I'm at the bar. I'm at the bar like this. Well, that's the thing about being in your 30s now is you realize everyone, like all these athletes and all these celebrities are younger than you now. You're like, <laughs> oh, okay. That's how it is now. Got yes. It. I mean, age ain't nothing but a number, I know. But um, there were some very uh, handsome taken men, but um, I don't do that. So oh, that's cool. that. <laughs> but it was Good so fun. <laughs> Yeah, we got super wasted, um, and not going to lie. And uh, we enjoyed Oh, that's ourselves. the best part. I hope everyone leaves my wedding on the shuttle, bus, whatever, unable to speak. Yeah, and that's also, the by the way, like, athletes know they're fine. At one point, all these men started <laughs> taking their shirts off. I'm like, what is what? going on? Yes, on my st- if you go to my Instagram, there's a video of, like, Sydney and Fred, and, like, his shirt's, like, open. Like, all the guys are taking their Mercy. shirts off. Mercy. Oh, yeah, like, they oh, know. Yeah. I they said, know. Oh, no. There's no dad bod under there. They know what they're working with. <laughs> exactly. Damn. It was very funny. She looks freaking funny. bomb, too. I saw a video of her, like, side profile in her dress. I'm like, how is her stomach that flat and her booty is that round? No. How she, she do that? She, she looks her so dresses. Good. So she had an outfit change, too, which was really cute Um, for, like, the reception. But her that dress. Long sleeve dress was Was so stunning. beautiful. It was so, yeah, you got, you can't have, you can't have a little uh, with that dress. You got to be. Yeah, there's no spank sitting under there. (laughs) No, 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 no. Yes, yes, she did. Uh I know, I'm like, oh gosh. So yeah, so um, I hope to see them again sometime this year when like everything slows down. But she was so happy. It was the most perfect day. And I'm so, so happy I got to witness their loves. So excited. very, Very nice. Loved it. Okay, and now for the clickbait of the week. I love when I don't agree with the clickbait of the week um, because it makes for good conversation. Tia, this week we are talking about if you should leave the friend zone and date your friend or not. I Um. (laughs) am just going to say my hot take. I think people are friends, especially if you're like long. I think it depends on how long you've known the person. If it's like we just met and we're cool and now I'm like, uh, maybe I should date this person and it hasn't been that long. Sure. But when you've been friends with someone for so long, like years, and then it kind of goes into it. I know it could go either way. I just personally would feel like I know too much. And I would be like, every time this friend didn't answer the phone, I'd be like, well, what you doing? Well, who you with? Well, what's going on? Well, yeah, like, it's like you're almost too comfortable. Uh, right. And it's right. hard to separate the friendship from a relationship. I can see yeah. that. So what, so have you, one, have you ever dated, have you ever went from friend to a uh, lover? And I know you and Taylor were yes, cool, but Taylor, would you say yeah. you guys were friends? Like, hey, Taylor, how you doing? Oh, 
Oh. <laughs> hey, Taylor, how you doing? Let's go hang out. Let's do no. this. Let's do that. Like, no, no. Me, and, me and Taylor were more on like a cordial level. And right. like, yeah, we're friendly. Us, we're friendly. Yes, we were friendly. We would see each other in group settings, but it did transition pretty quickly to relationship interest. But no, but you I've, ha- I've, I've never been in a situation where I was actually solely platonically friends with someone and was close right. enough with them as a friend that then turned into a relationship. Right. Okay. And you at any point never friend zoned Taylor in the sense of like talking to Taylor about other guys that you're interested in or anything like that or him talking about other girls. No. Right. 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 Okay. Okay. So yeah, that's that different part too. That's a whole dynamic is seeing that friend date other people and then right. dating them. How would you not feel jeal- like a little bit of jealousy and a little bit of... Yeah. yeah. So I will say that for me, and I think this is like, I I think this is like the, every person is different in this way, but if I'm just like, a, I'm just loyal to a fault and I look at things sometimes very black and white. Mm-hmm. If I see a guy talking to a girl or dating a girl or whatever, especially if it's someone like I'm like, oh, he's so into her. He's not into me or he'd be trying to date me. Like it's just very black and white like that. Right. 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 Um, so if I'm with a guy friend and he's trying to hook up or talk to or whatever, someone else, I'm going to automatically think, well, he's not into me. And he wants to date this, you you know, I wouldn't think like, well, he's into me, he's into her, he's, you know, what, I don't think that way. So I, I personally, there's only one time that I went from friend, guy friend, because I have a lot of guy friends. I have three brothers. I love guys. They're great, whatever. But they're just friends. Like if they're a guy friend, they're just friends. We've never kind of crossed. And I have girlfriends who they have a bunch of guy friends, but they've hooked up with them. And then yes. after they've hooked up, they became friends because they realized it wasn't going to go anywhere. And that's that doesn't happen with that me normally. That creates a whole different freaking set can of worms for later, though. Yeah, exactly. I know that from experience. Yeah, because it's like you're talking to your boyfriend maybe and he has this girlfriend that he used to hook up with five years ago. And you're like, wait, what? But they're just <laughs> friends now because but they knew it wasn't going to work out. It's like, well, yeah. Whereas physical. for me... Well, as for me, when my guy friends introduce me to their girlfriends and like sometimes their girlfriends are like rude to me, I'm like, no, no, no. We've never had anything. Yeah. Yeah, No lines. We've never kissed. We've never, nothing's ever happened. Like, I don't want your man girl. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's cool. So it's one of those things. But in this case, when I hooked up with the guy, I I had a friend who was very, very hot and we got really messed up one day. (laughs) He was single. I was single and we hooked up. It was awful because he, I mean, we were in college, but he was a man whore and we hooked up and I was like, okay, so now I can call you whenever I want and we can hook up. Yeah. No, No. he was the next weekend. He was with, you know, Cynthia over here. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like whatever. So I, it did not work out that great. But it just took us right back into the friend part. It was like, you know me. You know how I am. I'm not looking for nothing serious. And it was like, yeah, that was fun for that time. And we moved on. And I never did it again. <laughs> right. But you both could keep your feelings separate. Yes, yes. And we remain friends. And we're still friends and love him to pieces. But that only happened to that one person. But here's my question for you, Tia. Have you ever seen this happen 
with anyone where you know a girl likes a guy, but the guy is not into her, and so they're friends. Or vice versa, the guy likes a girl, but the girl isn't into him or the girl is friend-zoned him or whatever, and you're like, you should say something. Or they've they've said something, and then it went really well, and they started dating. Has that ever? Have you ever seen that? I mean a teeny tiny bit with me and Taylor, like a little abbreviated version of that. I thought he was into my friend. Oh. And because they're the ones that always kind of set up these meeting, you know, like these hangouts. And I was like, why don't you go for her? And I told her, I was like, why don't you say something to him? Like, I'm trying to set these two up. Tia! I was clueless. Yeah. Tia. I didn't know. I know. So then... He, he said, like, you know, I'm not into her. And I'm like, oh, damn, well, I can't tell her that. It's going to hurt her feelings. I, there's no need in me trying to do that. Well, he told me later it's because he was into me. <laughs> so I tried. I thought me and him were just buddies, and I was going to set him up with his wifey. <laughs> and he said, no, no, baby, you wifey. It's you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I've been kind of in the middle of that before. But it's always, it's a little tricky, and there's one part of this article that says, once you're certain about your feelings, make sure that your friend is equally attracted to you and is not seeing anyone else. So kind of like, but you know, how do you test the waters you, a little bit? Yeah, but how did, so you didn't even, you said, hey, let's go talk to her. And he was like, no, I want to talk to you. So that's how you knew he was into you. And then you were like, well, I've always thought you were cute. <laughs> so what's Well, up? it's like, like you said, when you know that you're friends with someone, it's very black and white. You're not even going to try to be interested because you just know that we're just friends. I did not even like think of Taylor in that way. Like until he opened up my mind to us being more than friends, I just did not allow myself to think about it. I was dating other people and it was a whole thing. And once I opened up my mind to it, I was like, okay, now I can see this. But I will say I do have a few guy friends that at, like the beginning when we first met, if they would have tried, we would have definitely at least hooked up. <laughs> right. For sure. Well, yeah. And For you just leave sure. it at that. And like, there's probably not going to be anything that comes from it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm not going to say who. Some of them are even in the nation, honey. Oh. oh. <laughs> there's a lot of hot men in the nation. But it's like after after getting to know someone, you're like, okay, yeah, no, we've cool, <laughs> you right. know? But in the beginning, when you first meet someone, you're like, oh, maybe. But then you get to know them and you're like, no. No. You're you my friend. A man. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, so I'm, I personally am not a fan of this. I don't think that you should do this. I think that if a person is into you, uh, they should let it be known sooner than later and vice versa. If you're into someone, you, they should, you should let it be known sooner than later. Yeah, don't try to force it and don't try to wait around and beat around the bush about, oh, if you're into me, I'm into you. No, just mm -hmm. come out and say it if mm -hmm. you want. Don't have to wait on yes. someone else. Yes, I agree. I don't, I mean, once, once it's a friend thing, it's kind of a friend thing. And, it, mm -hmm. and I don't see it working out that much when you're really, really good friends for years. I don't know. But also if you're listening to this and you're like, uh-uh, me and my friend were friends for 10 years and now we've been married for 30. Yeah, let us, us Let us know. Cause I Sometimes those friends were in other relationships and they didn't realize that they would really be good wanted together because they were in 
other relationships. Right. I love being proved wrong. So people DM me and tell me. Also, by the way, Tia, I put a, a story on my Instagram about if people knew that they were pregnant, like the when they actually got pregnant, you know how mm-hmm. you knew the when you actually of. got pregnant? The day of. So it was like 52% of people knew and 48% of people didn't yeah, know. Yeah, if you, if you track it and you put in your tracker like the days that you have sex, you can mm-hmm. you can pretty well pinpoint it. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people said that they knew. So, And a lot of people was telling me like when. Like they was like, girl, I was at this concert. I saw that. After, I was like, You're like, what did they say about it at this concert? <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was good. So, yeah, um, just... Yeah, there's that. Well, uh, on a completely different note, let's bring on our guest. Today, we are speaking with Cam Ayala. Uh, If you don't remember, he was first on Hannah Brown's season of The Bachelorette, where he received her very first rose after their meeting and after the final rose. Whenever they did that whole after the final rose intro to the new Bachelorette thing, he was one of the first people to meet Hannah. And he got the first rose there. Um, he was also on season six of Bachelor in Paradise. And if you keep up with any Bachelor Nation news, I'm sure you saw that Cam underwent a leg amputation this past weekend due to his lifelong fight against lymphedema. Um, and today we are excited to have him on the pod and check in with them. So welcome, Cam, to the podcast. How are you? Hello. I'm good. Really excited to be here with you guys. Yes. Tell us everything. Um, well, I'll say first, thank you for being here. We know that you just went through surgery and you've talked about this in the past. Uh, what made you do the surgery now at this time? Gotcha. Okay. So I'll spare you ladies like the really long, complicated medical history that I've been through, but Long and short of it, I was born with a rare disease called lymphedema, which causes chronic swelling and in some cases, chronic episodes of infection. And that was me. I was having a lot of infections in my bones. So I had 16 surgeries on that right knee leading up to this most recent one, where basically we thought if we did a total knee replacement last year, that would kind of be the end all fix all for these episodes. And unfortunately, when I did the knee replacement last summer, uh, the procedure was was botched, for lack of better oh, words. Wow. Yeah, and so the past year, I've just been killing myself in, in rehab and physical therapy and not really getting any results. So when I went to get a second opinion, we saw on the x-rays that the total knee replacement was not done properly. And so the best course of action would be an above-knee amputation. So that's basically what I had done this past Wednesday is uh, wow. above-knee amputation. Okay, so what... How did you know that this was happening to you? Like, and, and what were what did the infections feel like? Yeah, the well, the infection symptoms and pains are very, very specific. So, for example, when I have one of these bone infection episodes, I could be just going about my everyday life. I could be taking a friend out to happy hour or at work or just chilling with friends on a Sunday. It's just so sporadic and random. But when it happens. I immediately get this really high fever and this pain deep within my knee joint that just almost feels like someone's pouring battery acid on there. And it kind of is like that because we've seen from imaging that the bone literally is disintegrating and getting smaller with each episode of infection. So as soon as that happens, I I know immediately. And so whoever I'm with, I'm like, all right, SHIT, we got to go. 
we got to go to the ER and normally that results in uh, emergency surgery where they clean it up and then put me on really strong antibiotics through an IV for about six to eight weeks. So yeah, it's been this constant roller coaster with that, not knowing when I'm on a healthy season of my life or if I'm going to be plagued by another episode of infection. So you so, think with the amputation oh. being above knee that that should eliminate those issues since it did affect your knee the most? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's the hope, right? And mm-hmm. before I had the, the surgery, I went up to see some specialty um, physicians up in, in the Cleveland, or I'm sorry, in Philadelphia about two weeks ago, and their interventional radiologist took some imaging. That way, the surgical team in Houston, Texas, where I live, knew exactly where to make the cut on the leg. So, right. yeah, I mean, that, that's the goal. Uh, much like if you have a cancer tumor, you, you know, remove that surgically and, and the surgeons feel confident they got it all, mm-hmm. then, you know, you right. have a stronger chance of, of being in remission or not having any reoccurrences. But I mean, it's practicing and not perfecting medicine. So there is a chance that some infection does come back. And I just, you know, you, you pray for the best and prepare for the worst. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. And you've been, you said you've been dealing with this since you were how old? 11 years old is when I first started going through this, I guess, series of surgeries and knowing that something was wrong. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's been over two decades now. So it's, I've, I've known physical therapy and, and the hospital recovering rooms is no uh, stranger to me, unfortunately. So mm-hmm. yeah. And you said you had, you have good seasons and of course there's the, when they, when the infection comes on, do you know if there's anything that offsets it? Like, is it stress? Is it food? Or is there something that will offset it that you think or that you've pinpointed? You know, that's a great question. And that's kind of been one of the million dollar questions I've had when dealing with all these different uh, physicians and specialists. We do know that there is some correlation with, with diet. So I actually recently went on the carnivore diet, which it's kind of radical for some people, but basically there's even certain fruits and vegetables that for me can cause inflammatory responses. So having a disease like lymphedema that causes chronic swelling, we try to eliminate anything that causes uh, internal inflammation. And obviously stress, that's a big part of it too. But I think being 33 and still single and working and trying to navigate those, you know, chapters of my life can add some natural stress. So I haven't quite figured out exactly how to regimen it, but we feel like with the most recent surgery, some dietary adjustments, and then, you know, I'll be hitting physical therapy and rehab here pretty soon the next week. That should hopefully kind of complete the cycle of of what's needed to get this thing under control. Mm -hmm. And the carnivore diet is like, you're only eating meat. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. Just for every meal. (laughs) Every meal, like meat right? and butter and yep, oh, yeah, wow. and and you would you would think like just intuitively because there's a lot of like medical misinformation about like red meat and it's bad for your cholesterol yes. or your cardiovascular health, but there's been no clinical studies that validate that. It's just kind of one of those medical folklore things that's been passed through from generation to generation. Just like I'm sure y'all have heard the saying, you know, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. <laughs> Who the heck who the heck even says that still, right? <laughs> right. And and for me, going on the carnivore diet, I just I wanted to do it like without any cheats, just to have like good clean data. I did it for the month of February because you know it's close enough to the new year where you can still be in that new year, new me mentality. And it's the shortest month of the year. So I figured if I hated <laughs> it, I could get right back into next month. But 
what I noticed was not only did I lose about eight pounds that month, um, mm. which is higher energy levels, my skin cleared up. Wow. Um, and just overall, I felt like I had recalibrated my gut. But again, you know, it's not right for everybody because right. um, there are certain fruits and vegetables that are great for, for nutrition. But most of us can get along just great doing the carnivore diet. There's a few guys on Instagram. So you probably follow them. There's like that liver guy, liver, liver king. king. And then there's another one that's yeah. like, fruit doesn't have antioxidants. This is what you should eat. And he just eats like straight up meat all day. And they look phenomenal. So... Yeah, and there's going to be the radicals people. too oh, on, yeah, on both this... sides. So I would say I'm about 80% because, you know, I still love like apples and pineapple and mm -hmm. cucumbers and other fruits and vegetables, but I try to keep it as most meat heavy as possible, as weird as that sounds. Yeah, and I know that there's like that, there's a book that talks about like eating for your blood type and how like people exactly. with like, oh, do you have O blood type? Do you know? I'm AB positive. Okay. So I, I don't know what it is. I know they say that meat is good for O. I'm not sure of what all of them are. I'm O, but um, that is a big that. thing as well. So it's like this diet thing. may work for you and what's happening in your body, but it might not work for someone else. Like, you know, people say go vegan, go vegan, but like vegan isn't great for everybody, you know? So. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. There's a whole thing about eating for your blood type. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I recently, well, five years ago, I stopped eating, um, meat. I only, I'm pescatarian now and I okay. have noticed a lot of changes with getting sick and just the way that my body responds to certain things. And I'm like, I probably should be eating meat. It just grosses me out now. So that's why I don't eat it. But and I, I get it. Cause there's like, there's social implications, psychosocial implications for it. So I, I know I can't just tell my vegetarian or vegan friends, Hey, just try carnivore for a month because, yeah. I mean, that could be pretty traumatizing for them, right? Especially if they're very, like, pro-animals rights and don't believe in the way some of the, the meats are processed or produce. So I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when you were on Bachelor, uh, Bachelorette and when you were on Bachelor in Paradise, did any of the – like, did you feel this happening to you at all or was it – were you in a good spot? I was actually in a, in a good season of my life starting with, with the bachelorette because I mean most people you know when you when you get the final word that you've been casted and depending upon when production schedule starts I had about a month and a half from when I found out I was casted to when we started filming and so that was like boot camp like just mm -hmm. crunch time like get myself <laughs> in the best shape possible I knew I wasn't gonna be the guy with like the shredded six-pack or the 12-pack like some of the contestants were on my season but I wanted to at least be a little bit better than a dad bod and so I <laughs> hey, had a, a no trainer. shame in the dad bod we like well dad i know the, the older i get that's what i, I realized i should have just been myself and and kept the dad bod i guess that that's in for some people i guess <laughs> for some people I, for yeah some people, so i really Pam. i really hit the diet and the exercise hard and um and i didn't have any complications now the one big regret that i did have um for paradise and for bachelorette is when we were filming and it was episodes where I was like wearing shorts, which was like 99% of the time in paradise, for example, I was terrible about wearing my compression garment, my daytime uh. sleeve. And so like, I was literally, I was sacrificed my self care and my physical well being for my self consciousness of like mm -hmm. not wanting the girls or the guys to see an imperfection in me with wearing basically this leg garment, which is such a missed opportunity because I feel like, the tens of millions of Americans who have lymphedema 
could have seen representation, but I chose not to. And actually I got a lot of like DMs post-show when I came out as this like lymphedema ambassador and advocate, people were questioning if I even had it because they would see the episodes and A, they would see me not wearing my garments and they would yes. say, oh, well, your legs aren't even that swollen. Or it's you not don't look that, that bad. bad. Yeah. Exactly. Bad. Yeah. So that's some shame that I personally dealt with not being a compliant patient um, in both of those appearances on TV. Okay. So you do wear a sleeve or you're supposed to wear a sleeve and I it's do, already yeah. so hot in paradise anyways. I'm like, I was so swollen the whole time I was there and like my feet were swollen. Yeah. So I imagine. Yeah. My yeah, feet and, were swollen the whole time. <laughs> yeah. And, and just like, like Tia was saying, heat does exacerbate symptoms when you have lymphedema. And so I live in Houston, Texas, and it's like really hot and humid. Yeah. Like nine months out of the year. So um, I was really in a lot of pain every single night. But in the nighttime, you know, when the cameras weren't rolling, I was in my bunk bed. I had my nighttime compression I would wear. But yeah, looking back, I should have took care of my body first. And it probably would have made a conversation about my lymphedema with any of my castmates seem more organic versus forced like it kind of felt like it was when I was on um, Bachelorette, for example. So you did mm -hmm. talk about it on Bachelorette, right? But not in paradise yeah i mean that was the reason why i got kicked off the show mm -hmm. was when i was talking to hannah about my lymphedema and all the past surgeries oh, okay. and unfortunately um some of the guys in the mansion at the time after i had that conversation with her um they basically told her that i was making up this medical sob story so i would get a pity rose and so yeah. Like 45 minutes after Hannah had talked to Mike Johnson, she like pulled me back over the whole, hey, we need to talk kind of conversation. And I knew like in that moment that it was not looking good for me because I could just sense that Hannah's body language had changed. And so yeah. she had basically accused me for being calculated about talking about my disease at that tailgate party versus mm -hmm. telling her sooner when really at that point it was only our second week into filming and i didn't get any one-on-ones initially and right. on the one group date that i was on um, our time was cut really really short so i just wanted to be as transparent with her as possible because you know further down into the journey you know you could be invited on a one-on-one -on -one or a group date that gets pretty physical like right. rugby like they did in my season or football or whatever the other activities are and in my opinion, it would have felt a lot more calculated if I pulled Hannah aside like during one of those dates and been like, hey, I can't participate in today's date because I have this disease, blah, blah, blah. But I was just trying to be as open and transparent as, as soon as possible because like I know from my past relationships I've had when I've had like bouts of infection, like I was talking about where I had to get these emergency surgeries the dynamic in the relationship changes. I mean, Tia, you know, as a physical therapist, when you need a caretaker, it's very different than like the hot and heavy honeymoon stage mm -hmm. of, all right, babe, let's go on a hike. Let's go rock climbing. Let's go on a long trip somewhere overseas, right? So when someone's dealing with chronic pain and, and chronic infection, like I had been at that time, like I just made sure that she knew that early on so she could, you know, be there for me in my potential seasons of, of bad health like I would you know do right. insane for her well hopefully mm -hmm. out of all that and your whole experience with that at least you could be an advocate for people and I'm sure people saw you on the show and were like holy crap I've never heard of anyone on tv with lymphedema like I can actually relate to him and he can relate to me and so that's kind of cool to be in that position to be able to be an advocate 
for other people that might not have a platform or a voice. Yes, 100%. And that's literally what I do professionally every day. Now I work for Olympiadine, the nonprofit based out of New York. So um, getting to partner with like the CDC and the NIH, for example, and we actually just did a public service campaign with Kathy Bates, the actress who's yes. gotten to be one of my so good cool. friends with, with her lymphedema journey in mine and getting to partner up with her at different conferences and just text each other. I mean, she's been really supportive as I've gone through this last surgery last week. So it's, it's an awesome opportunity for sure. How did you guys meet you and Kathy? Through that nonprofit. Um, so when I first got off of Bachelorette, this is before we were started filming Paradise, I got asked to go to a breast cancer conference in Dallas one weekend. And at the time, I was still like kind of getting reacclimated into the real world. Y'all know how it is. You get your phones back and your friends are asking you a million questions and you can't really talk about it. So I just went to this breast cancer conference and it was Kathy actually giving the keynote speech at that conference about her lymphedema journey. And then Later that night, she asked me to accompany her to dinner at this steakhouse in Dallas. And so that was like really this life-changing dinner, not just because I was starstruck that this like awesome actress wanted to have dinner with me, but that we could literally break bread with one another and talk about the struggles of dealing with lymphedema every day and how we could both use our platform to bring awareness to it. So ultimately patients who don't know that they have it or know that they have it, but just aren't extroverts or don't have accessibility to levels of care that we do that we can fight for them so that's really what what changed my life was was being on the show to then get recognized to then be asked to go to this breast cancer conference that's kind of where it all started yes wow so her um her lymphedema so yours is you know your main source is your knee for her and how long has she been dealing with this so she's been doing it for about 11 years and uh-huh. she got it as a result of her breast cancer. Right. So just, just um, high level, there's two types of lymphedema. There's primary, which is the congenital, the one you're born with. That's what I have. That's what and that can right. be anywhere in your body. Mine just happens to present in my right leg. Yep. Um, and then there's secondary, which is most common. Uh, again, like for women who have breast cancer and you may hear they get mastectomies or they get lymph nodes removed or any chemo radiation that can cause lymphedema and over 35% actually breast cancer survivors end up getting secondary lymphedema. So it's, it's more common than you would think. And you may even see people in the grocery store with really swollen arms and they may have smaller hips Mm -hmm. or really big legs. So there's, there's over 10 million, like I said, lymphedema patients in the U S which is more than AIDS, MLS and Parkinson's combined. But it's one of the most, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a figure I got to let people sit, sit with. Yeah, and no one's talking about it. No, and there's no cure for it. And it's currently a, a progressive disease. So, and the reason why there's not a lot of people talking about it, and this is just kind of the root cause, and I'll, I'll get off my high horse after this, but it all starts back to medical school. Okay. And, and the four, yeah. Well, so Tia, this will probably ring true to you, but mm-hmm. in most medical schools, in that four year duration, they only cover the lymphatic system for about 15 to 30 minutes. That's it. <laughs> I was going to say, I read that. The entire lymphatic system. It's crazy. We learn more about it in physical therapy school than I feel like medical doctors would because we know how to do treatments for it. Exactly. And so it's more familiar to us, but you, you know, you go to your doctor first and then your doctor has to send you to therapy. But if the doctor doesn't know what it is, they won't know what to do for you. And then it's a whole cycle of not being, it's, it's not addressed. And then you can't really. Yeah, my heart goes out for these patients who 
their whole life they've just been labeled as obese but they're really not right. obese it's lymphatic fluid but they get fat shamed every time they go to doctors they say hey try diet and exercise and they try mm. those things and they just continue to get no results and continue to get worse because they're not being properly diagnosed and they're not getting the proper level of care so isn't it really unilateral or no it can be um it can be unilateral or bilateral um most common unilateral for like a breast cancer patient because they just remove one side but if they get a double mastectomy for example then both their arms can swell and then patients born with lymphedema it's typically in one leg Mm -hmm. or one arm just like i have it just in my right leg but um it really can be anywhere so does it run in your family does other people in your family have it uh, that you it know does of? not. Oh, no. Does not. Um, and we've done some pretty extensive genetic studies and there are no genetic markers for me. But mm. with it being just uh, a random genetic mutation, for example, that's how I got it as a little kid. Ah, just okay. Lucky genes, but not necessarily something that my mom or dad had. Right. So we want to help people, of course. Um, and that's, you know, a great thing about you and your platform. If someone is listening to this podcast and they're like, I wonder if I have this, what would they look for and or what would they go to the doctor and say? Yeah, uh, great question. You are going to be your best advocate. No one's going to fight harder for you than you. So luckily, we have so many awesome resources on the Internet. Like, for example, the company I work for called LEARN, that stands for Lymphatic Education Research Network. We are a global nonprofit geared towards providing patients with the right information So they can be educated when they do go and see their primary care physician, for example, or they want to find a lymphatic expert in their general area. They can do that pretty quickly and easily from our website. So I tell patients that if you start to have this reoccurrence of swelling that doesn't go away, then you definitely do want to do a little bit of research, just learning some of the remedial things like what is lymphedema, right? Google that, go to WebMD, find some of those basic terms. Mm-hmm. Then that way, when you go to a doctor, you can at least have a hypothesis versus just going in there and having doctors be condescending to you or doctors oftentimes when they don't know things, they're going to try to just make something up. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's how a lot of doctors are. Not all of them are going to say, you know what, that's a great question. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Let yes. me refer you to a partner. You don't get that luxury all the time. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I would say do as much education as you can prior to that appointment. Have a list of questions always record those conversations on your smartphone if you can because oftentimes Ooh. doctors will spout out a lot of crazy medical terms and jargons that you may not understand so you can go back listen to it and then try to piece the puzzle together and then if you get a bad vibe from that doctor i mean that's the beautiful part of american healthcare. you can go get second and third opinions keep going until you find someone who maybe tells you something a little bit more promising or has a little bit more empathy for you so again just be your best advocate know that there are resources they're just not going to fall in your lap. You got to do a little bit of digging. Recording the conversation. That's such good advice because there's been so many times I'm like, wait, what did they say? Wait, what mm-hmm. did you say? And I'm like trying to like write things down. That's really great advice for I think anyone. Right. Yeah. Or, or your parents or your loved ones. Be, hey, so how did your appointment with Dr. Smith go? And you're like, uh, we <laughs> talked about something that had like nine syllables. I think I'm good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? yeah, exactly. So what has this whole process um what has this taught you? Yeah, um, it's it's taught me to give myself some grace. I think, especially our generation, we're in this society that 
almost demands perfection. And when you're scrolling on social media, you get these snapshots of these people portraying perfection. And then when you don't embrace your own insecurities or maybe your shortcomings, or in my case, my, my stub now, <laughs> I'm going to have to embrace this because yes. there's going to be very vain and shallow people out there who are going to look at my amputated leg or may have looked at my lymphedema and seen that as somewhat of a, a burden to them versus a blessing versus I get to help this person on their journey. This person hopefully has a heart of, of compassion for others who may have disabilities. So I would say find your find your peace, give yourself grace, and then align yourself with people who are going to build you up versus bring you down, regardless of their clout or their social status. It doesn't matter because when we die, we don't get to bring our followers with us. Right. So right. true. Right. How long ago did you decide to actually go through with the surgery? Has it been kind of a process? It has definitely been a process and a difficult one at that. Um, but it was basically mid-March of this year. Basically, when I went to get a second opinion from a different orthopedic surgeon to look at the x-rays, and that's when I saw for the first time that, wow, that hardware from the knee replacement from last year is jacked up. So it was like a moment of clarity that I didn't feel like such a wuss because when I worked with some of my elderly patients, they'd get a knee replacement and they would be fine after like four mm-hmm. months. And here I was like almost a year out and I'm like, I can barely walk still. Like what's yeah, going on? Yeah, that's not normal. Yeah. Right. So so getting that, that uh, second opinion is what gave me the clarity that, okay, we don't want to go the route towards the knee replacement revision because that would be three more surgeries and more potential problems with infection. So I just decided to do the radical proactive thing, which is to get old righty amputated above the knee. So <laughs> that's that's where I'm at right now. So the process of now getting your prosthetic and everything, is there a timeline um, for the rehab and everything like that? Do, they, do you have like a calendar set? How does that work? I do, yeah. And so just high level, once you have the actual surgical procedure, on average, it takes patients anywhere from two to four weeks for the wound to heal because you can't start getting fitted for the prosthesis until the base of the, the wound is healed because that's basically where you put most of your weight, right? So like here on my nub, that's where mm-hmm. it is. It, it's kind of tipped. It doesn't really look like that. It looks like a frosty snow cone right now. <laughs> but, but they basically, once they have those stitches out, then it takes about two weeks to get a temporary prosthesis kind of like a loner leg, if you will. That way they can see how how the bone is fitting inside the socket and make mm-hmm. sure you're not getting any pressure blisters or anything like that. And yeah. then once they're confident about that fit, then they actually do another casting, which they you know get all the fiber optic type of material or carbon fiber rather, and they send that off and then you get your leg. So the whole process from start to finish takes about two months. So I am hoping that um, by mid-September, my birthday, I'll have oh. my, my new leg. Oh, see, that's And then nice. you have to learn how to walk on it or walk with it and make sure it's not too short or too long and not rubbing anywhere. Yep. And it's a process for sure. Yeah. And I did something kind of uh, aggressive here, like in my pre-surgery manic Uh-oh. behavior, if you will. Um, I Uh-oh. am like obsessed with Lauren Daigle, the singer. Mm-hmm. and I saw that she's doing a short little tour, and I'd never seen her live, and so she's performing at Red Rocks in Colorado on the 21st of September. So I'm like, okay, that's going to be my milestone that I'm going to work my tail off in physical therapy to get myself ready for that milestone so I can be there to, to see her front row and uh, 
I'm obsessed with her too. Yeah. Obsessed with Heck her. Yeah. She's so yeah. good. Set that goal though. That's a good. Yeah. Yep. Goals I are did. good. So good I like goal. already t- tickets are purchased, and so nice. I'm not gonna not gonna look back. So hopefully uh, it all works out. It's a beautiful moment to have my first concert back with uh, Miss Daigle. Yeah, that's gonna yeah. be amazing uh, at Red Rocks. That's so inspiring too. It's like I think it's important to know that you have something to work, to look forward to and and who's your support system that's there with you that's helping you that's keeping you in this positive mindset i am so blessed that my parents they still live here in houston and my older sister and she just had a little little girl about a year ago so my one-year-old niece she's like Aww. my my world so she's also one of those factors that helped me in deciding to do the amputation because one afternoon when I bent over to pick her up, my knee kind of locked up. And I'm like, as she gets older and heavier, like, I don't want to be terrified that I'm going to drop my baby knees. Mm-hmm. So I need to take care of myself now, go through this journey and get my new mobility and get my new confidence back so I can move forward and be a potential spouse and potential father. But ultimately now, a great uncle. So, yeah. um, and I still have some best friends from college and high school that live in Houston too, in a great church community here. So, I definitely don't feel alone in this battle, which has been amazing. It's definitely, I feel expedited the, the healing and me getting discharged. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, wow. I'm like emotional over here. <laughs> like, that's really great. Um, and it's really nice to know that you have, that you're not going through this alone. Cause I think community, um, and that's something that I've been like meditating and praying on a lot lately. Community is just the number one thing that we need in our lives, no matter what's going on uh, and having that good source of um, confidence and, and positivity around us. It's so important. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I really appreciate y'all having me on because, you know, a lot of my friends and family, they, they're always asking me, Hey, do you still keep in touch with anyone from, from the bachelor nation? And my short answer is like, no, not really. I just like, I guess because my experience wasn't super positive mm-hmm. that it's almost like, the high school cafeteria right i'm not necessarily with the cool kids right and i and i've been to different cities and caught in different people from different seasons and everyone's you know generally pretty nice and accommodating kind of like we're just this small family but um i really do appreciate you guys having me on and giving me the opportunity to tell a little bit about my story what i've been going through the past three years and really the past week with this drastic change yeah Yeah, well we are we're yeah, and we're looking forward to seeing you at that concert. <laughs> yes. <laughs> For sure. And um, so I know you mentioned Learn, the organization, but is there anything else or, you know, spew out what organizations, if people want to know more and or donate and, like, help this uh, cause for people to just know more about Lymphedema? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So Learn is going to be the best resource for that because it's not only for patients, it's for their loved ones, it's for researchers and physicians. So it's kind of your a la carte for for lymphedema. So if you go to lymphaticnetwork.org, that's a great spot. Or then you can just reach out to me on Instagram, Cameron Ayala, A-Y-A-L-A. And then uh, I'm actually in the process. We're filming a documentary about this journey. So we've been filming all the pre-surgery content. Oh, wow. And now the real rubber hits the road with all the, the post-surgery and hopefully the triumph and not the tragedy because yeah. it's been a journey so far. And, and that's ran by uh, my team here in Houston called the Maybe God podcast. It's just part of my church. So we have a production team that's filming the documentary. So they can go to the YouTube channel, Maybe God 
podcast and, and take a look at some of that content as we're teasing it out before the release. Oh, that's That's awesome. great. That's great. You got to get the information out there somehow. So, yes, if yep. anyone that's listening is uh, interested, please check out those resources. Thank you so, so, so much for coming on and sharing this time with us and sharing your process with us. Uh, I did not watch the seasons that you were on so it's nice to meet you officially and i I really do um wish you the best and 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 in a full recovery thank you so much i appreciate it as a physical therapist how's your hip extension on the right let's uh not too bad so i i'm doing my my leg raises okay i know you're i saw your flexion your flexion's good but i'm like you better keep it straight better keep your hip straight Keep I know, your hip straight. Right? That's what a That's lot of people they do. They like me. stuff pillows under their, or if they do like a BKA, like a baloney, they'll put pillows yeah, under no, everything. Been, I'm like, no, no, no. Once no, you start putting been, that prosthetic on. I've been keeping it as flat as, as possible because I don't want that Good hip to, to be a problem because these hips don't lie, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> real. She can't. She can't. <laughs> and then you'll have to get stretched out and it freaking hurts. <laughs> oh, Good. Man. All right. That was my awesome. only annoying <laughs> therapy question. It's nice to see you in therapist mode, Tia. It is. I miss it. it. Is. I really do miss it sometimes. <laughs> well, this is good talk therapy, so you guys are all therapists in my mind. Yeah, oh, exactly. Natasha therapizes me every every week. <laughs> like, let me write that down. <laughs> That's well, a great word. I may have to steal that from you. Therapize. therapize, yeah. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. All right. Well, thanks, ladies. Y'all take care. Bye. Bye. Do your therapy. <laughs> Tia. Yes, ma'am. Got it. <laughs> You can take the girl out of the therapy clinic, but you can't take the therapy out of the girl. <laughs> I don't get to tell people what to do much anymore. So, <laughs> right. Uh, I'm sure Taylor gonna listen to this and be like, "Excuse me." <laughs> He's like, "What? You're you're the most non flexible person I know. What are you talking about? Telling people to do do their therapy." Thank you so much to our listeners and thank you to Cam for being here. We are so proud of you for doing this and we wish you the best in your recovery and your rehab. And as always, make sure to subscribe and submit all your burning questions for us. Check us out on social and like, comment, DM us. You know where to find us at ClickbaitBN on Instagram. And from there, you can find our TikTok and Facebook. Yes, Cam, we are sending you our prayers and a full recovery and for our listeners we want to know what clickbait you guys are looking at this week share your stories with us clickbait is available on apple Podcasts, amazon music or wherever you guys listen you can listen ad free by subscribing to wondery plus in apple Podcasts or the wondery app we will see you guys next week bye